chef. <gasps> hey, chef. <laughs> I won't even lead on to it. Do you know what we're going to talk about today? It better be the bear. I've been waiting for this one. It is, and that's what we're going to talk about today. And can we talk about it? Why don't you bring ketchup? What kind of asshole is going to put ketchup on a hot dog? A child, Richie. Child asshole. finally talk about the bear we can but first we have to explain where we are okay yeah this is a very especial episode it's a, a summary episode we're in person yes we're we looking are. face to face we're staring at each other's sweaty foreheads it's, it is very humid outside we figured huh? for the summer we should do like a summary episode outside outside and uh, just before we recorded it started pouring raining but it subsided but now it's just Summer humid, unbearable. I was going to say, I was hoping it would like cut the heat, but I think it's made the humidity worse. It just put more water in the air. Was it makes it? us feel like we're in the kitchen. This it does. perfect. I know. I, if you we if, set the scene, if you, if I, there, if I could just hear like the sound of like burners going off, like going, uh-huh. then I feel like I'm in the kitchen. I just need pots and pans metal, in the background. I was going to say, you need metal pots and pans yeah. and people cursing and timers going off and all the anxiety that comes with the kitchen. Which is from this show. So I'm just going to start off by saying that I was obsessed with this show when it yeah. first came out and said, we need to do the bear. Yeah. And you said, yeah, I need to hold on that because yeah. <laughs> um, I've heard nothing but anxiety inducing nightmares yeah. and from the show. Since, by the way, and I think, it's not to jump across too far, but what's funny about it is I think the consensus I've heard from everybody, including myself, is season one is hard to get through. Because of that anxiety. Yes. And then season two isn't as bad as season one, but there's still a little bit of anxiety too. And there's definitely episodes, which we'll talk about, that are like, oh, Jesus Christ, like that is, I, I need I need to double my Xanax dosage. Agreed. But, 100%. But season one in and of itself, like almost, I feel like every episode, and there were like, what, eight episodes, were like wall-to-wall anxiety. And so like, I when I watch the show, mm-hmm. first of all, I watch the show because of Jeremy Allen White. I love him. Yeah. I'm a huge Shameless fan. Give me Lip Gallagher all fucking day, every day. But so watching this, I was like, okay, restaurant. And for those of you that don't know, I've spent almost 17 years working in the restaurant industry. Yeah. And was at the same location for 16 and a half years. Worked in every iteration of a restaurant in the hospitality industry you can think of. Yeah. Front of house, back of house, management, uh, training, like absolutely everything. This show is so freakishly accurate. And did you work in the restaurant industry? The clo- I was going to say the closest I came was, you know, I grew up in, in New York and Staten Island. Staten Island. Uh, the Staten Island Yankees, which don't exist anymore now. Oh. Uh, they, <laughs> even, oh. the, even the Yankees were like, yeah, we, let's get rid of it. Uh, uh, during the summers, I would work at the concession stands. And I sort of moved up the ranks a few times. And so every year I would do it. There was one year, the closest I ever came was I worked the grill doing like the hamburgers, hot dogs, uh, okay, all that stuff. That's intense, actually. Yeah. That's like a very sweaty position. It was. And the thing is, like, I got to wear, I had like the, I had my blues on, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, um, and then I got in trouble from this guy because what I would do is, and I was young and stupid, is I'd throw the, and, but, devil's advocate, they were like frozen patties, like the big red box of like got red it. tops yes. kind of things. And I would get in trouble because I'd put the, we had this big flame broil grill and I'd put the patty stack them like up, up and down. Cause we had a, it was once the game started, it was go like it, it never stopped until like the eighth inning. 
And uh, and then what I would do is I'd flip the burgers, and then once they started getting that like little like the grease on top, I'd like tap them and like splash it, and like, everything would get that like flame like boosh. It was almost like a show. Like I could have okay. been like a yeah, like yeah. a uh, like, like a, hibachi, but uh, exactly yeah, yeah. burger style. So Got it. Back. But also I felt like it gave it that like flame flame flavor. Taste. Yeah. yeah. And I would get they're like, no, you're ruining, you're making them dry. And it's reality. I was like then. They're, they're already dry. They're frozen. They're frozen. Like yeah. patties, you know. So, I get that. But that was the closest I ever came. Okay. So. All right. Well, I, my whole life has been the restaurant industry. Yeah. So <laughs> from the jump, like watching the first episode, I was like, oh, this is going to be fucking good. And I will tell you why. Yeah. He was drinking his water out of a quart container. Yeah. <laughs> and that, and I know that sounds so stupid. But doing the research from this, I now know why everything is so accurate. Yeah. Um, the guy that plays Fack, yeah. Maddie Matheson, Maddie Math- is a professional chef. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And um, Courtney Storer is the showrunner's sister. Yeah. She is also a professional chef. Yeah. And they were both like the technical advisors on the show. Yeah. Courtney um, made all of the food really? for the show. Every single piece of food in the show is actual food. It is yeah. not... Crisco. It is not yeah. all the like tricks and tips. This is all real food. Yeah. And it was funny. I saw an interview uh, where AO and Jeremy Allen White were saying like, we got in trouble so much for eating food on set because they were like, I get it. It looks and smells good and it's yeah. hot, but you cannot eat it because yeah. now she's got to go make more Yeah, because it's supposed to have come out not eaten. Yeah. But it was um, Jeremy Allen White said that they all told Maddie Matheson and Courtney the minute that something looks phony, like it wouldn't happen yeah. in the kitchen, yell cut. Huh. And so, um, what is, what's the showrunner's name? Something store. Uh, Christopher store. Christopher store. Yeah, yeah. He like gave them free reign to yell cut at really? any point in time. If it looked disingenuous, if it did like, not look like his sister or fact or any, yeah, of the they people, could say yeah. cut that, that that would never happen in a kitchen. Yeah. But isn't that funny? Because yeah. Carmi's got his, those beautiful locks of love just flowing <laughs> His hair would be in every goddamn sandwich. I well, I also found, and I, this is the bad thing. So we were supposed to do this episode. We were supposed to record this episode earlier. And then, again, schedules. But then, between then and now, I listened to our sister podcast, In Sync, did an entire episode on the bear, which I, I said this to them directly, by the way, too. And obviously, like, I'm a producer on it and everything. But I will say, I told them, I was like, I think that was your best episode you guys I agree. ever did. That's my I, favorite episode so far. Yeah, I love that. I love it. And I, so... I'm almost angry at myself because I'm like, there's so many facts that I learned from that podcast now that I'm, if you listen to both of our podcasts, you're just like, just stop repeating the same stuff, but I'll credit them. So, um, what I didn't know is that, uh, which by the way, I'll also give them credit because when we, when we ran the Emmy nominations, uh, I couldn't say, uh, AO's name, AO and theory, um, which thank you Aviv for teaching me how to say that. But um, did I say it right in the Emmy one? You did. I didn't. Huh. I, I kept saying IO or I, I, yeah. I, kept, I was like, anyway, um, but her and Jeremy Allen White both were sent to um, yes. culinary school for like a week. And I don't know if two she weeks. did. Uh, two weeks. And then yeah. I, don't, I don't know if uh, uh, AO did as well, but I know Jeremy uh, staged at a restaurant as yes. well. Yes. In, in um, I have the name of it here. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so they took a two-week crash course at the Institute of Culinary Education. Yeah. But um, 
Pacholi, I think it's called. It's in okay. Santa Monica. Yeah. And he actually made dishes. Like if yeah. you were eating there, <laughs> he was making the dishes for you. But it's funny too, because before the show came out and after he did Shameless, can you imagine being in the restaurant and be like, oh my God, I think that's the guy from Shameless. Oh my God, the poor guy. He did, can't, he he can't <laughs> get another job after Shameless. Oh God, Fiona left and now the show's in the shitter. I'm surprised we didn't like on like, what is that? Like, like one of those like gossip sites or whatever, see like Jeremy Allen White, like, you know, down can on his luck. Yeah. It. yeah. Um, <laughs> Oh, God, I wouldn't be able to contain myself. Yeah. But I think that, you know, like a lot of these facts have come out, too, since the second season ended. Yeah. But just to preface for people that have not seen this, if yeah. you have not seen it and oh, yeah. you worked in the restaurant industry, I will say straight up, it is a trigger warning yeah. because I'm not trying to be facetious or dramatic yeah. <laughs> or hyperbolic in any way. Yeah. It is triggering to yeah. the point where I've never had a show Truly, I think there's one movie that I saw that yeah. there was a rape scene that I was like, okay, this is not too where my, real, too this fit, is too, too real. Yeah. I can't, I'm, this is too much for me. Yeah. I can't watch this. This show was yeah. probably the first time that I was like, I have to step away. Yeah. Usually I'm the one telling my fiance, no, one more, one more. Yeah. I was like, we can't watch anymore tonight. Yeah. I have awful fucking anxiety now. Yeah. I'm in a dark place. <laughs> and also at the same time, I fucking love it. Like yeah. I miss that feeling. It is an excitement to oh, it, right? Oh, God. So much excitement and also so, like, rewarding at the end. There, yeah. There's an, at the end of it, it's like you just went to war with these people. Yeah. And you come out of it and, uh, well, you know, I guess jumping ahead out of excitement, but I wish somebody, it's raining, by the way, now, yeah, guys. Yeah, I, I was going to say. We are covered, but it is raining. <laughs> um the sorry sign language that they do to each other on the line. Yeah. I wish I had that because my, yeah. one of my closest friends is a, a boss that I worked with at a restaurant and I was the manager under her Yeah, and uh, she owned the restaurant. And I wish that we had that because in the yeah. heat of the moment, you can't go out and curse the customers. Yeah. Shit's going down. The yeah. dishwasher's broken. Yeah. Ticket times are abysmal. Like you're yeah. losing your mind. You're going to lose it on the first person that you yeah. can. And it's always each other. And then afterwards you have to like have a meeting in the office and, or at, usually it was at a bar. Yeah. And be like, let me get you a drink. That was my bad. And it was like, yeah, man, no worries. That was a shitty night. Yeah. I wish that I had had the sign language. I'm sorry to do well, over the line. I was going to, you know, I, I feel like this show does two things. It's like, here is a good representation or an accurate representation of what it's actually like. Plus here's like the, you know, you know how like, which as a society or at least part of our society is like sort of self-reflective and like trying to become better people. Yes. I, I always think about you. Like there's, there's been on this podcast where you're just like, like we mentioned suicide and you're, and like, you're like, I think it's, you're supposed to say this now or like, like the proper, like yeah. we've reflected, we, we've learned, we learn from yeah, growing sure. and stuff. And I feel like this show especially is like, yeah, this is a, re this is a representative of what the industry's like, but yeah, like the whole, like rubbing their like sign language thing is sort of like, this is how we should be a little bit, or maybe yeah. there are people out there like that. I but. think there is. And I've just never worked in a restaurant of that caliber, yeah. which I wish that I had. I will tell you that second season, where our girl from Parenthood comes back. Yeah. Uh, she's one of the daughters on Parenthood, but she's like the main, uh, the girl in the kitchen, like calling the orders out when they're, Richie's working at that restaurant. Oh. With Olivia Coleman. Yeah. I, I forget the actress's name, but she plays Hattie in Parenthood. Oh. Yeah. Okay. I got to look this up. I, I didn't, 
She looked familiar, but I didn't know who she yeah, was. Yeah, she plays okay. Hattie in Parenthood, which yeah. is your fever dream show that you're not really sure if you ever watched or maybe you did or didn't. But um, that scene, that yeah. whole restaurant, I will tell you right now, made me be like, I want that. Like, oh I God. miss that. I, yeah. I, that is my whole life is hospitality. I yeah. love hospitality. I love taking care of people, making sure they have good experiences. Yeah. I, that is my dream job. How yeah. do I find it? How do I get there? I want it. It's really funny. So I will say. Other than podcasts. Let me throw that out yeah. there. Um, which, by the way, again, this is our summer episode. I love this. It, it, it is it's now, so romantic. It's raining. I don't know how the audio is going to be, but yeah. I will say it is. Um, we're getting a little like summer storm, uh, which is which is fun. It feels nice. So if you're listening in your car. This is ASMR. Yes, exactly. Yeah, we could just stop talking. Let, the, let everyone hear the rain. Uh, but I will say. um I had the same exact reaction to it, which was even as with, with podcasting and like what we're doing here at Gotham West studios, I was like, I've tried to articulate it and like what we're trying to do. And I'm like, I, we need to, like, I want us to be that like, not McDonald's, not just shove the food out the door, like take pride in yes. that. And we have to get to, we have to, we'll get to forks. We have to, we have to step back, but there's, we never do this in the show or we, we tend to always forget to do it, but we have to take a step back and and explain what the show is, which I'll let you do because season sure. one is like a season one <laughs> is the story of, and I will say that this probably hit home for Tom and I both coming from Italian families, yeah, where there's a chaos that is involved in yeah. that kind of lifestyle that like yeah I don't think a lot of people understand yeah without skipping ahead without I was gonna say- skipping ahead to, <laughs> to the episode that like truly honestly I was like I. I've never seen my family depicted yeah. on television before. Yeah. Lovely. Um, there is a chaos that comes from that. And then that layered chaos within the fact that there's this family restaurant. It's a beef. It's called the beef in yeah. Chicago. And it's in a, you know, a family restaurant that's run by Carmine's brother, played by Jeremy Allen White. Mm-hmm. Uh, his brother, Michael, played by uh, Michael Bernthal. Mm-hmm. Um, essentially kind of runs this business into the ground. Yeah ends up um, dying by suicide and yeah. he, well, you find out that he was really running the business into the ground. Yeah. You don't really know that until Carmi comes home mm-hmm. and has to help pull the restaurant out of the gutter. Now yeah. to preface that in this time, Carmi's the baby. Yeah. He has gone off to become a chef and eventually a Michelin star three yeah. Michelin star rated chef yeah. worked in the best restaurants in the world. Very famous amongst the chef world and comes home to run this hole in the wall beef sandwich restaurant for his yeah. family. And everything kind of unravels from there. Yeah. It's well, and I love that because even like we're, we finished season two now and without spoiling anything yet, I will say what's interesting about it too is even like reading some recaps and things or, we're trying to get some, I actually, during one of the episodes, I, I looked it up and I was just like, I gotta get, it's gotta be like a family tree, right? Cause you start getting introduced to other people and I started looking it up and I got some explanations I didn't know. And then there's some stuff where it's like, yeah, we're never explained who that person actually is or the relation or whatever oh, for sure. it is. And I, you know, I will say aesthetically taking a step back, looking at the first season. And again, part of it might be because if it's a comedy, I feel like people tend to write it off where I was like, oh, this is a little bit amateurish. Like it, there's a little bit of stuff in here that's just like, eh, they're like good writing, good all that, but like aesthetically, it's not great. And then on second look, I'm like, oh no, 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 no! Like a lot of that. Was I think it was choice. intentional. It was. Absolutely. It was all intentional. Yeah. And I felt for the first season, um, 
there is a layer of anxiety and that's i think the whole point of this first season yeah. right so he's trying to undo all the mistakes his brother made and you wrap up the first season with them finding all of this cash that he yeah. was supposed to deposit hidden in jars of tomato sauce yeah which in, by the way i never understood how they got in there in the well, first you, place in the second season yeah. they kind of show it to you there's like a canner when he's downstairs, yeah. yeah, when Richie's downstairs, the canner with the jars is behind yeah. it. Yeah. So they were they were doing it themselves. Yeah. So I think that well, from also the research, the first pilot episode they actually shot in a kitchen. Yeah. Everything else, that exact kitchen down to the water stains on the walls, the missing tile pieces, everything was built on a soundstage. That's crazy. Yeah, that's insane. like to every and every single piece of equipment worked. It was a working kitchen. Yeah. The dishwasher worked. The f- stoves worked. There was gas. There was water. There was yeah. heat. Literally everything worked like a kitchen. That's nuts. And I think that that lends to the anxiety of it. Yeah. Nothing felt put on. Nothing. It felt, nothing felt. It felt yeah. shitty in the way that it should have felt shitty. Yeah. It didn't feel like. And I feel like you watch a lot of shows, or even I mean, even better, like when you have the flashbacks. That uh, for Carmi back to the kitchens that he learned in with Joel McHale screaming at him. Oh my God, that scene is, that scene literally, I'm not kidding. It made me like squeeze my butt cheeks together. Yeah. I was like, oh my God, like how do you have someone stand there and tell you that you're a piece of shit? You'll amount to nothing. You're nothing. You're nothing. Kill yourself. Kill yourself. Kill yourself. Yeah. And then have to be like, here's your delicious dish. Yeah. Let's do this again in five minutes. (laughs) But that's the thing is like, there, there are parts like that where it's like, oh, this feels very um, uh, artificial. Um, you know, I mean, even the kitchen that, um, you know, cousin uh, Stage is in that we see is like, oh, is this real? Like, it's it's very clean. It's very. I've looked. It's real. Yeah. <laughs> but that's my that's the point is like even the real is actually real. And then the the fake is true to life. Like down to that, to your point, like the water stains, which is crazy to me that they put that much detail into it. I think that the whole point was we didn't know that there was going to be a bear season two. Right. So like we'll talk about bear season one. Yeah. They didn't know that they were going to get renewed for a second season. Yeah. The first season on its own could have just been the first season. It could have been a limited time series. Yep. And you would have been like, man, that was fucking good. Well, I said the same thing about about Barry, too. Yeah, like for sure. I, I felt like. If they ended it there, that would have been tied in a bow, perfect. And I will say with that, right, I almost felt worried going into the second season because to your point, like they find all this money, right? Now, the anxiety, like from episode one, he's sitting there and he's getting calls. He can't get- He owes his uncle 300 grand. Yeah. His uncle's some fucking shady motherfucker. They're they're literally (laughs) called The Beef. And the uh, meat dealer comes to him and he's like, where's the rest of the meat? He's like, oh, you owe us on the invoice. Like, you're not getting any more. Uh, and they have no beef. And they have the no beef. beef at the beef. And you go from that. And I think that helped the anxiety and what drove the show. And then all of a sudden at the end, it's like unlimited money. We can do anything we want now. Yay. And that's why I was like, oh, OK, if, if you're tying in a bow, great. But if you're going into like, all right, now, now we have all this money. Now what happens? And that worried me a lot for season two, but I will say a, I was worried in the beginning too. Like first two episodes of season two of season two. I'm like, Oh, this is just gonna be a fantasy of like, of, of someone who worked in a place like the beef being like, what could I do with all the money in the world? And like, they're sending people to culinary school, 
you know, things that are just like, all right, like, would they really be doing that? Like, you know, like, would they really just be like tossing money to the wind? And then they try to like do this anxiety thing where it's like, oh no, where's the money going to come from? We have all this stuff to do. It's like, yeah, even I'm adding it up and I'm like, you guys have the money. You can, you can make this work if you really wanted to maybe send one person to culinary school instead of two and you'll be good. Um, and then by the time everything rolls back, I, that wasn't the point of season two. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. and I was pleasantly surprised by that to the point where like, I mean, the show brought me to tears. I cried. I yeah. literally cried. Same. Um, and for many reasons, for many reasons. And we have, to, we'll get into it, but I will say, uh, the main three character and there's, I mean, every character I think has their own arc, but, uh, between Carmi, um, what's her, I actually, I gotta, what's her actual, uh, Sydney. I don't know. Her, her character's name is, is easier to say to me for me than her actual name. Uh, Sydney, Carmi and Richie, their individual storylines are just perfect. Um, for Tina's brought me to tears. I, I was going to say Tina. Well, I, I, Tina's, I felt like was a two season arc. Where, yes, absolutely. Where this, like she, she, her plane landed and she's, or maybe her plane, maybe her plane's in the air now and she's going great. Like I, I think watching her succeed, but like, I think, I feel like her success is a great contrast to, uh, and oh, I, I just, oh, I was just reading his name too. Ibrahim? Abr- yes, exactly. But Ibrahim, I, I, it's so interesting you say that because I was thinking about this today, like how to say it. I guess eloquently, which nothing that comes out of my mouth is eloquent, but yeah. I loved the, the Tina embraced this new, right? Yeah. Like Tina, who was so against it, came up with the name Jeff instead of chef and, yeah. you know, was so against it, eventually found her place in life. And it was just a really beautiful showing of how two people, Ibrahim did not want yeah. that. Like he's happy where he is. He's happy what his life has become and was like, I get it, but I don't want to go to culinary school. I don't want to learn this stuff. Like that is not a goal for me. And the fact that they brought it back and let him run the drive up window, selling the old trusty beef sandwiches is like accepting the fact that like you have two different types of people here and embracing that they're two different types of people. Yeah. And I will say this serve the safe serve certification <laughs> that alone gave me such anxiety as a yeah. restaurant manager. I can't tell you how many times I would be uh, with the guys on the, on my line and being like, dude, I'm going to log in on my phone. Yeah. Okay. And just like every 20 minutes, just hit next video. Yeah. Okay. Like you can just do this in a shift, but I swear to God, you have to do it because you know, like our regional venture partners calling the restaurant. Yeah. Like, you have three guys who are not serving. Why yeah. And like, that was the bane of my fucking existence as a manager. <laughs> my boss would call me and be like, you know, you've got so-and-so working today. Make sure yeah. they do this search. I'm like, they're not going to do it. They're going to fucking make me do it. I can't tell you the amount of times. Yeah. And I loved my guys. Yeah. My line guys were the best. They'd be like, Amanda, please do it for me and I'm like okay I'll do it for you I love you so much anything you want honestly out of the entire show out of the entire second season especially the 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 most artificial fake feeling thing to me was him watching the safe serve video being like, oh, oh that's good like being engaged with the safe serve instructional videos being like that's never happened in the history of anyone watching one of those videos I will say though I love arguing with my fiance sometimes because he's like no you can't do this I'm like Henry I'm telling you, do you know how many fucking times once a year for 17 years I had to watch these videos? I know yeah. exactly how chicken yeah. is supposed to be soared. <laughs> I know. 
<laughs> but but wait, all right. I feel like we're right, we're, we're gloating, tangenting. Yes, we're, but we're doing I, it. All right, to take a step back. So season one, the I think the arc is is the restaurant and it's Carmi, and then everyone else is are pretty much like supporting characters around Carmi's arc. Is that is that fair? Do you it feel is, like- but also okay. So not to get meta on this, yeah. I kind of felt like season one was in a lot of bigger cities, and seeing as we live in New York, we see it a lot. Is yeah. there is a group of people that are just kind of forgotten about by the yeah. rest of the city, right? Yeah. And they're happy to be in that that area of life where it's like we're just getting by, we're barely yeah. paying our bills, we're barely existing. Yeah, but we are the. F- we are the behind the scenes yeah. of everything that everyone else yeah. enjoys and gets to enjoy and love and they don't get to enjoy and love it. Yeah. And the beef was kind of like that. These are a bunch of people yeah. who have found themselves in downtown Chicago yep. who are doing the best they can. Yep. But like the fact that this place doesn't require a lot of energy. Mikey is a really laid back boss. Like he's, yeah. you know, like his lore just kind of hangs over that first season yeah. And when they all kind of agree that they want to be better, it's like a really nice show of like, okay, there is a second chance for people. Yeah. You know, like the, yeah. I guarantee there's a line guy watching that or a dishwasher watching that being yeah. like, fuck, I could learn the line or, you know, I could work in a better restaurant. Yeah. And so I kind of, it felt like while the restaurant was getting a facelift and that was their arc, it was also kind of the story of like, these big cities with these poor people, literally poor people yeah, who are getting a second chance at like a better life or yeah. a life that has more meaning for them. Yeah. It gave them meaning and yeah. purpose. Well, purpose I, as the second season. Yeah. Well, I I think I, I was going to say, and I, I'll, I'll get there, but I think if you had to like put like a tag on the second season, I'd call it overcoming fear. And I'll get back there. But yeah. I, I will say like, I think, to me, and I had a I had a pull up when it actually came out because um, you know everyone knows Anthony Bourdain from No Reservations and his and his travel shows. Prior to that, obviously he was a chef, but he but he talked about it in a book, right? And that was like what got him famous. Yes. And he put this book out. Did you ever read it? Kitchen Confidential. Yes, we are a massive Anthony Bourdain okay. family. Yeah. Like we have every book. Okay. Did you, you read the first a T-shirt? Book, yes. Okay. And so I think out of that, right? Which by the way, very. Uh, um, not very well known. And actually, wow, this funny enough connects the dots. Um, that spurred into a TV show that didn't do very well and got canceled starring as the uh, the main character, a fictionalized version of Anthony Bourdain was Bradley Cooper, who we just talked about in, yeah. in Wet Hot American Summer. Um, but I think the concepts of food in pop culture, you had, you know, uh, you know, Julia, um, uh, I'm gonna say Julia Stiles. <laughs> <laughs> that saved the last dance. Okay. Yeah. Um, who am I thinking? Julia um, Childs. Childs. Yeah, Julia Childs. Um, and you know, uh, you know, because I'm, I'm Wait, trying to go back to the nineties. Didn't she end up being like a war spy? Was she? Yeah, I'm pretty sure Julia came out that Julia Child was like a spy in the wars. Oh, geez. Okay, I gotta look that up. Uh, no, I think she, I think she. I mean, I think she was a part of the in war a, effort in a good way. Yeah, yeah, in a good way. I'm not okay, saying yeah, in yeah. a bad way. I she was on like, her yeah. side, but she was a spy. <laughs> um, but there's a culture that I think Anthony Bourdain revealed to the world in his book, and then subsequent pop culture things he did of these guys who like super stressed out working 18 hour days chain smoking out the back door but the 
what you're, you're not seeing the other side. That's the back. That's the back of the house. The front of the house. These beautiful plates, like well manicured, like so much effort and thought put into it, and that contrast of you know not getting paid very well, stressed beyond your like you know threshold, and going through life like that is is so mind boggling to a lot of people. But I think, and especially like I come from a creative like industry. Uh, we both do now, but yeah. like from a creative industry and like you obviously worked in both, right. Is it's, it takes a certain mentality to be like, yeah, I, I know I'm not getting paid well for this. I know I'm not being, um, uh, the low respect. I'm just being pushed to the end of ends of my limits, but I'm doing it because I love doing this. And yeah, and that's, I, that's a hard pill for people to swallow it even is. in my life. Yeah. But I think, and, and we'll get there. Cause I want to talk about that in like its own like little, like silo, but I think forks, um, in this, in the second season, uh, uh, very clearly, if you can't tell, like my favorite episode and unironically or ironically, however, however you want to say it, uh, the episode that the needle drop that NSYNC did on their podcast, um, they talked about, but I think that episode, which brought me to tears, um, touches on that. I think it, I think it encapsulates, encapsulates, uh, I can't say the word encap. Encapsulates? Am I saying it right? Okay, I it thought it was saying it wrong. It sounded good to me. Um, I think that episode sort of nails like, ah, that's what it is. That's what it is about this industry. That's why, you know, and then to your point before of like, you talk to other people that worked in restaurants and the service industry and it's like, you guys were all in like, oh yeah, I, I was stationed over here. Where were you stationed? Like, it's like you went through war together. Yeah, and it's kind of, um, not to get sappy, but after watching it, my fiance and I used to argue excessively about me still working in the restaurant industry. And, and I was, a you know, a, a, I don't want to say goody two shoes in high school, but like I did the whole advanced, (laughs) you know, schooling and all that kind of stuff. And so people expected more from me Yeah, that when they found out that I was still bartending and working at a restaurant, they were like, really, weren't you going to go to law school? Weren't you going to do this? Really? You're still, and like, and people looked down on me for it. Like insanely. And, and he and I used to argue not because he, he knew that I loved it, but he just didn't, he's like, I don't get it. Like you could be doing so much more. Like, why are you so happy here? And watching that show was the first time that I think he got to see like those nights that I was walking in the door at one in the morning and I left (laughs) the house at 9am and I'm exhausted. And then to him, he's like, you were like, what are you making cocktails all day? Like like you're exhausted. Really? Yeah. He kind of got to see like a little glimpse of, and I used to always say like, I just want you to fucking come to work with me for one day (laughs) to see what I go through. It's like, you're putting out a fire every 10 seconds and the, and you do it just so for five minutes you can make one person's day. Yeah. And you see that, like, I will never forget, especially as a manager, we used to have people all the time because we were by hotels that yeah. would come in because something happened to their home yeah. and we're by a hospital. Yeah. It's the birth of their first child or yeah. we're, you know, they just lost somebody and they're here yeah. for a funeral, being able to take care of them. And for one second, being able to take away a little bit of stress and just like that. I lived for that feeling. Yeah. Like, at, like that is what got me out of bed in the morning. Yeah. And I do not have that in my current job, <laughs> but <laughs> um, other than this, this is yeah. the happiness for me, but there is, a lot of people out there, I think, for the first time being like, oh, now it's cool that you work in a yeah, restaurant. Really? Yeah. Now it is. Well, it was the same thing. Like uh, years ago, I was like, you know, I wasn't fully in, but I was like sort of involved in like the marketing industry 
around the time like Mad Men came out. Oh yeah. And, and suddenly it was like, a, Oh, every, every, like it's like, no dude, like they're depicting the sixties. Like it's not, it's not like, it's not like anymore. that anymore. <laughs> um, and I think, yeah, every once in a while, I mean, I, it's funny because if the outcome for the bear and it's stress inducing episodes about working in a kitchen and screaming and yelling and people, you know, walking out the back door and throwing up or doing meth or whatever it might be yeah. uh, to, to cope uh, if it's like, if the outcome to that is like, oh man, I want to work at a restaurant. <laughs> like, Good hey, for you. That's yeah, great. More for, I mean, I, I mean, I will say too, you know, um, uh, if you remember back, like during like the economic downturn, I have to specify which one now back in like, oh, eight, oh nine. Yes. I was, uh, I made a, I made a, depending on how you look at it, I made a good or a bad choice, but my company is like, Hey, we're going to relocate you or we can offer you severance. Uh, it's your choice. Uh, and I was like, Oh, I'll take the severance. I'll leave. Uh, voluntarily. And so I did. And then that was around the, where unemployment was super high. And then that's when we got, um, I was a 99 weeker. Like I was on unemployment for 99, 99 weeks, which was the extended. And in the middle of that and that stress, and I developed anxiety and depression. Um, I, I ordered the culinary Institute, the CIA textbook for like what I couldn't afford to go to the school. And I wasn't going to like dive into like a new career at that point. But uh, cause I couldn't afford to, to be clear, but I was so interested and I bought the textbook and I'm like, I'm just going to study this. I'm going to like go through it and cook things and learn about things. And, and I still have that textbook today. And it's like this giant, like encyclopedia looking thing. Yeah. And it's what the students at CIA learn how to cook when they go to class and people teach them. But it's like, you know, I was like, Oh, I want to learn how to do that. I remember making like bourbon cream and then messing something up. And I'm like, Oh, it's almost like an ice cream. And I froze it and it became like bourbon ice cream, which by the way, now in hindsight, you would love, I got to figure out if I can make that now. Fantastic. Um, it, it was like really, it was really, really strong. Um, bourbon cream pays my bills right now. Just well, I, I, I like mixed <laughs> bullet bourbon into like a custard and turned it into, uh, and ice cream. Which sounds very easy, folks, but alcohol and pHs of dairy, yeah. it's very hard. It's a very finicky thing. Yep. Yeah. So, so I, I mean, I did a good job. Apparently, I, I, yeah. I, I broke the laws of physics, but uh, I somehow made it work. And my brother-in-law, who was, I, I, you know, he's he's over 21 now, um, was like, <laughs> oh, this ice cream is delicious, and, like, finished the whole thing. You're like, that's because you're hammered, yeah. sir. <laughs> but there is a, there's a... I I, I kind of want to say the lore of Michael, yeah. who's the brother who um, dies by suicide in this episode, in the first season, I mean, um, his ghost kind of lives on yeah. in the beef. And so when you get to season two, and something I really noticed to talk about character development, something I noticed with Sydney is Sydney and Carmi are kind of like the... Ted and Rebecca relationship where everybody's yes. like, are, will they, won't they? D they don't. They can't don't. because yeah. they are, their platonic friendship is like, there's only two people on the face of the planet that can connect the way that they yeah. two do. And I, I get that very much with Carmi and Sydney. And I also realized today, she is the only person mm -hmm. in this story who came after the death of his brother. I didn't think so about she that, yeah. knows him as him, not his yeah. chaotic, crazy fucking family, not all the yeah. drama of his brother, not, and she still accepts it. You know, she still knows that like his spirit is alive and well in the restaurant. Yeah. Sometimes I think she fights against it. Like what? Okay. I get it. He's dead, but like, can yeah. we move on? Like, yeah. can we move the fuck on? Yeah. And so there's, you know, like a little pull there for her, but I feel like he connects to her so much because he can be vulnerable with her. Well, I was going to say, he can be not the, the kid, the baby of the family, not yeah. the brother of Mikey. He's Carmine. The yeah. world-renowned Michelin chef who she's now seen 
at the bottom of his barrel. Yeah. Well, I was going to ask too, from your perspective, because I think you're right. And, but does she represent, because, and we don't, I, I, I think what we haven't learned yet, unless you tell me I missed something was what drove him to go like do that. What drove him to seek culinary as an outlet and I think his mom, cause she was the only one, he was the only child allowed in the kitchen to help in that, um, seven fishes yeah. episode. The only kid allowed in the kitchen to help yeah. cook. She was, you know, so I think, but he was already a chef at that point. Right. Cause they're yes, like, Oh yes. yeah. Okay. But I think we kind of see that he was by mom's side okay. in the kitchen. Yeah. That's her baby. Gotcha. She, you know, I'm going to teach him all the things. Mikey's okay. kind of doing his own thing. He's a little yeah. bit of a fuck up. Sugar. Poor sugar. Oh my God. I can't, I, I, yeah. like we, we do have to talk about that, but I, I think that he was the one that she poured all the time and effort when it came yeah. into recipes. Like Michael's, you know, like the Bashol episode where he's like, you know, rolling it out. And it's like yeah. kind of our first flashback in yeah. the first episode or the first season. You see that he does have really good cooking yeah. skills. But he's also an addict who yeah. who loves to perform and tell yeah. stories and be the center yeah. of attention. And I can relate to that. Yeah. But he I think you kind of see that. And then you see to jump ahead a little bit, Sarah Paulson, who I believe is a cousin. Yeah, I was trying. I think and she's is, his cousin. Yeah. And she tells him, come to New York. Yeah. I've got friends. You need to get the fuck out of here. Well, and I was it think, her restaurant? I think so. Okay, yeah, yeah. Because that to me was like a little glimpse of like, I got to get the fuck out of here. Yeah. So I think he's come back from France or, or um, from Copenhagen yeah. and he's come back and he came back for the holidays and that was his fir first foray into like, yeah. we're going to get you in the scene. And there was so much yeah. to unpack in the second season, Yeah. but not to wrap up the first season, but we kind of, you kind of put to bed Mikey yeah. in the first season, yes. right? Like the whole let it, I love you, let it rip, dude, when he finds that note and, yeah. and you know, the suicide note. And um, it's really beautiful. And there's, I think, a part of me, and maybe tell me if I'm wrong here, that feels like Mikey knew that he was in way over his head and the only way to save the restaurant and do anything with his brother was to eliminate himself from the equation because he was bringing everything and everyone around him down. I, yeah. And him dying was like, this is the only thing I can give to you guys right now. And unfortunately, people, when they're in that dark state, yeah. you know, um, they think that way, you know? And, uh, you know, as someone who's dealt with that and dealt with it in my family, that's truly what people think. It's easier for yes. me if I'm not here. Yeah. Easier was, for you, I mean, if I'm not here. And I was going to say, I mean, you know, he's not, he's not at that point, but I feel like what we get and well, we have to go into him in a second, but like, I think what we get out of Richie in the second season is a glimpse of what Mikey kind of dealt with too. Agreed. Yeah. And, but to go back for a second, what I was going to ask you too is, is, there, I feel like the reason, or maybe maybe a part of why Carmi and Sydney connect so well, is because she represents the part of his life. Like she represents culinary arts mm -hmm. and the world that he went into and what he fell in love with and tried to escape his family and the the chaos. And then obviously everybody else, re, re, you know. And now in season two, it's sort of like the mixing of those two, you know, part part A, part B, and you know, you have all these people that going back to like the pilot episode of the first season, you know, uh, 
uh, Tina's a chef now, you know, like she went to culinary school and, and he, uh, to steal from Richie a little bit, everyone drank the Kool-Aid, right? Yeah, They're all sure. in it. And, um, and I think that's part of it too, is like, she represents, you know, a hundred percent of this side of his life. Uh, you know, Richie and them represent the other a hundred percent of the other side of his life. And now everything's sort of mixing together. And, uh, and almost to a point, I, I think from my perspective, again, jumping ahead a little bit, but like the way this season two closes out is phenomenal to me because we get sort of the best of both. Well, it's the best of both worlds, but like we see all these people that were fearful or resisting change and like lean into it and feel accomplished and, and they're in it. And then the yeah. one person who feels not accomplished, who feels like, like steps backwards is Carmi. Yeah. And, and even to a point, Sydney too, right? And I mean, yeah. Sydney, we learned in the first season, she's not got yeah. her shit together. No. She had an emotional breakdown. Yeah. She, she hit rock fucking bottom and that's yeah. why she came looking for a job. Yeah. In an Italian beef sausage, yeah. a fucking little pop-up that's yeah. legendary. Don't get me wrong. It's yeah. like known as like a legendary yeah. situation. But I mean, to, to I think we would be remiss without talking about the episode in season one before we wrap up season one. Yeah, because that was amazing. I mean, technically- That was, I had to pause it. We mentioned it in the, I think we briefly mentioned it in our uh, Emmy- nomination which special now that i've watched the bear and i yeah. this season finished season two let me just point out i had not finished season two yeah. by the time we were watching or mm -hmm. we were doing the emmy episode and i was like oh so and so is a guest on the bear they were barely there yeah uh watching season two i totally get it now yeah a lot of those nominations for you know guest appearances and stuff yeah. i get it but season, just to be clear, season two premiered June 23rd, so it missed the it's Emmy out, cutoff. I know, but if you tell me John Bernthal's yeah. uh, nominated <laughs> after his season two performance, I'm in. Yeah, and I'll go back to my whole, like, thinking how everyone votes is, like, yeah. they're voting for him for season two as well, even though they're not supposed to be. They're, exactly. You know, they're taking that under, and we got to go into the guest appearances, too. There's so much we have to still talk about. Um do you want to just jump into season two? Well, let's we... talk about the episode first. Well, there's Real... two. Well, the first, the episode from season one. Okay. Oh, yeah. That, sorry, sorry. That one, that one or the, the one, one yeah. single shot for 18 minutes where Sydney gets online ordering up and forgets to turn off pre-ordering mm. and the ticket machine is exploding. Yes. Marcus is in the back. He's supposed to be handling his chocolate cakes. He gets distracted by making donuts. Yes. He's not made the chocolate cakes. Now they've got 65 slices of chocolate cake coming. Yep. He hasn't even had it baked. Yeah. The machine does not shut off. And a million reasons. Everyone will tell you it's meant it was shot in that way so that there was so much fucking anxiety. You got to see the chaos. Yeah. But that is the episode if you are in the restaurant industry. I have had that happen to me, that exact situation. Yes. We partnered with an, with DoorDash. <laughs> we turned on online ordering. We were not staffed for it. The fucking orders kept coming out. It was one of the worst days of my life. <laughs> I cried in the walk-in. I screamed in the walk-in. I yeah. punched walls in the walk-in. I came out with a smile on my face. It's like, we've got this, guys. Yeah. We can do this. And my line guys were looking at me like, you can go fuck yourself. Yeah. And I was the manager in the morning <laughs> and I had to get my bartending shift covered at nighttime, which yeah. I needed to make cash yeah. so that I could work the line with these guys. Cause yeah. we were going down, yeah. like going down, running out of food, everything yeah. bad that could have happened, happened. So watching that episode, if you are in the restaurant industry, it was so beautifully done. But even yeah. you, I remember you said that yeah. like that episode was too fucking much. It was yeah. too much. 
Yeah, it, it's called review, and that's and and first off, and that's the other thing too is like I think for any of these kind of like uh, you know special episodes where they try something different. I we talked about Connor's wedding for Succession. Yes. Um, where and I don't I don't think they used to do this before, right? Like if you go back to and I'm stealing a little bit of something sort of like instincted uh, or mentioned, which is the cool hip thing to do now is to do the oneers. Yeah. Right. It's like the new kind of like fun thing for filmmakers to do or, or showrunners to do. And I think the difference is previously like when 30 Rock did live episodes, right? It, the episode didn't even matter, right? In the in the chronology of the season arc, it barely yeah. made a difference. It didn't even, you can skip that one basically. It's that, that one's just for fun. With Connor's wedding, you can't skip that one, right? Enough. Like, and then with this one, it there's so much that happens, right? With the blowups and people quitting, and uh, you know, it Richie was insane, getting, right? It, it, it Richie gets stabbed in the ass, <laughs> which by the way takes it like a champ. After Sydney is calling him a piece of shit father, like uh, telling him literally yeah. all of his worst fears of, yes. about himself, and she's screaming them in his face. Which is funny too, because I think season one doesn't necessarily overly reveal the demons that. Richie is fighting with internally and then season two we have an entire arc essentially dedicated to him along with other people too but All like right. so this is a good segue to season two yeah yeah, yeah. okay but, okay but season two so um I want to I, I, I want to wait for Richie he's like the uh I don't know if I've ever said this I think I said it on this podcast when you'd get those little ice cream cups with like chocolate slash vanilla yes would you eat First off, do you like chocolate or vanilla better? And then which one would you eat first? I like vanilla better. And which one would you eat first? Chocolate. Okay, exactly. All right, same thing. Yeah. Save the best yeah. for last. That's how I was the same way. And and I thought the vanilla tasted better on the little wooden spoon it came with. <laughs> like the chocolate kind of made the wooden yeah. spoon bitter. So I always like oh, wow. to finish the vanilla because it was sweeter. Man, I never so thought that. Okay. It made the wooden spoon taste better. You know, it's funny. I feel like I also lied to, I mean, this is a whole different tangent, but I feel like I used to lie to myself that I liked the chocolate better. So I'd eat the vanilla first, then the chocolate. But I mean, I think you're right. Cause I would be like, oh, this isn't a bad start. It's yeah. just, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, okay. to that point, um, let's talk about Sydney first. Cause I think her arc and what she's and dealing with. And her father with, was beautiful. First off, Robert Townsend. Come on folks. We both grew up on HBO. Did you grow up watching Meteor Man? Did not grow up watching it. No, okay. but. You know of it? No of it only because of TikTok. <laughs> because when season two came out, all yeah. of a sudden they started pulling, oh my God, Robert yeah. Townsend's incredible. And yeah. he is, there is just something. I viewed Sydney differently this season in yeah. the scenes with him because she's being such a fucking brat to her dad. Yeah. And like, oh dad, you don't get it. Yeah. And Robert Townsend's such a sweet man. Like, no, yeah. honey, I get it. But like, I'm yeah. just asking these questions. Like, yeah, you're He's a concerned dad. You're not taking pay for five months and yeah. you live with me. I should probably show yeah. some concern there. <laughs> um, but no, he's incredible. And the Sydney's mom dying and that yeah. beautiful scene on her birthday. Yeah. Where they tell that story and they hold hands around the candle and they blow the candle out. I just, oh, he was, yeah. he was so good. He was so good. I love, there was one episode and I'm trying to remember which one it was. Um, I think it was Sunday. And I'm, I think it was Sunday where the episode starts off and it's, and it's Carmi and Sydney trying to cook. And then it's like, oh, hey, let's, let's meet up later or whatever. And then obviously Carmi goes off on his own adventure, um, which again, we'll talk about Carmi at the end. But, uh, but with her, she's going on this like adventure around town with a lot of cameos from a lot of like famous chefs that, which, what I love about famous chefs, by the way, 
is like even me who's like a foodie and like watches all these like YouTube videos and things. I'm like that guy. That person looks really familiar. I know they're a chef. I can tell yes. they're a chef. You I can, can tell. tell every chef yeah. in this thing was a chef. Right, but on glasses alone. Yeah, exactly. and then afterwards I'm like looking it up after you know. And That's I'm like, what oh, we were okay. doing. <laughs> yeah, and but like her little like running around town. I think it emphasized like you know obviously she needs like she, Carmi's both a partner but she's someone that she seeks validation from. Yes. And now she's sort of like on her own and she's like set off to like go find people. No one wants to work or like whatever the, like she can't find anyone to work. And then she, you know, almost resorts to like, you know, stealing people from other restaurants. That was so fucking funny. That scene when she's like, <laughs> Hey, you guys like happy here? I was like, Oh my God. It's poaching. But, and then also, also that like fear of like going around and being like, Oh, this place closed down. This place closed down. This yep, place closed absolutely. down. And then we get that later too. The like, she goes back to some of the like famous chefs that she talked to and their places closed down. And their places down. have closed since right. she's, since she's that scene, since yeah. that episode. So, which, and, and without jumping too far ahead, I will say, I feel like what we're going to get in season three, because everything's too good right now. Everything's too, with the exception of Carmi, things are, everyone's too happy. Things are firing in all cylinders. I think we're going to see things collapse. And if, I think we saw the setup for it yeah. when, Sugar, who I do want to touch on a bit. Oh my god! Um, yeah, we gotta talk about her. Whew, too close to home for me, but uh, <laughs> when she's telling Richie, yeah, we're booked solid for two weeks. Yeah, or he's telling her we're booked yeah. solid for two weeks, and then what? We've got some things. Yeah, <laughs> and and you go back to the beginning of the season when they're yeah. like, we need to be booked full solid yeah. at least for the first couple months or however yeah. they they put it for us to even break even yeah. before we can start turning a profit. And they've got yeah. 18 months from the agreement with their uncle yeah. to turn the profit yeah. to not sell the building, yeah. which I don't think he's ever going to sell the building because Sugar's about to have a baby and he would never put poor Sugar out of a job. There's a weird uncle yeah. niece situation happening there. Well, they never had a, they didn't have a father, right? Yeah. I mean, that's part of it too. Like the father was just, and we never hear about it. We never, they never talk about I it. I don't think we do. And yeah. I, I will say I love, I mean, we're going to get there yeah. and we're talking about Sydney, but, um, her development as a person is she really cares and she really wants that Michelin star. And yes, yeah. Carmi's already like, really they're bullshit. Do you want it? And I get it. It's probably like telling, you know, yeah. an actor, you really yeah. want that Oscar. Yeah. Like yeah. telling Leonardo DiCaprio, like, do you really care that yeah. you don't have that? You know? <laughs> and they're like, no, it's all bullshit until you get it yeah. on your own. And then you care, you know? Yeah. So she really cares. And you kind of see her growth from, needing Carmi's validation. Yeah. But that scene just for me, when they're under the table and he sees something wrong with the table, it's like yeah. backwards and they're under the table and they're both being very vulnerable with each yeah. other. And she's like, I need all of your attention. Like I need you a hundred percent of the yeah. time. And he's like, you're right. You do. I, first of all, admire her courage yeah. to be that honest. Yeah. I don't think I ever could be. Yeah. I'm such a, no, I'll just yeah. do it myself. Yeah. You're clearly doing something else. <laughs> But she, um, I think we're going to see a collapse from her in season three in a way yeah. that like it's going to sever their relationship maybe a little because it's starting to happen already. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, first and foremost, my only issue with that entire scene, by the way, is like, I'm like, it's like this weird like hook under the table. I was like, I didn't even fully buy that there was actually something wrong with the table. And he's like, I'll hold up. the. I'm like, that's not how tables work. That's not how you screw tables together. Like, what are they even talking about? <laughs> Like, isn't there someone from like the grip or like team or something like that could be like, Hey, if you want to make this more realistic, like, 
every food, everything food related on the show is so got accurate. you to the table scene. Right. Everything that had to do with like the the way the gas line worked or the yeah. electric. I was like, everything is super like even like I don't know a lot, but I'm like, I know um, that fire suppression system, yeah. by the way. <laughs> my fire suppression system went off in the middle yeah. of Easter Sunday one time. Oh my god. It was like a half hour, like I think we had just closed. So we yeah. just gotten our asses kicked and the fire suppression system went off. Yeah. We had to close for like four days. Yeah. All of the shit that they're talking about yeah. came out from the ceiling yeah, all yeah, over yeah. our grills, yeah. all over our fucking low boy that yeah. holds all the food. It was the worst moment of my life. So yeah. the obsession with fire suppression system yeah. in this season, I was like, this is too much for yeah. me. Well, for what it's worth too, I was like, even there's that scene where like the guy comes to test it and he's like, all right, let's see how if it, you know, if it, the balloon blows up or whatever. And I'm just like, and they're all like waiting, like always oh, again. I was like, you guys could have tested this before, right? You didn't like, he, he doesn't have like any special tool or anything to do this. You guys go to the, did it and be like, oh, cool. It works. Okay. Woof. And he's going to come in and do it. And like, but obviously then you don't have the drama of, is it, or it will it yeah, not? Whatever. Absolutely. Um, and, and even the reveal of like, oh, I think he was trying to burn the place down by that like, whole scene, by the way, yeah, when they talk about, uh, I'm, I'm not loving saying yeah. this out loud coming out of my mouth, <laughs> but the Jewish lightning thing and how Sydney just like a me- like the acting in that scene was so good. Yeah. But Sydney's like, don't love that. Yeah. Not gonna say that. And Sugar's like, yeah, we're not going to yeah. say that anymore. Yeah. And after he describes what he thinks it is. And yeah. And it's so funny when I don't remember if it's Sydney or Sugar that's like, yeah. even after that description, I'm more uncomfortable with the fact that you've used yeah. that in your vernacular. Yeah. We're just like not going to say that anymore. Yeah. And that to me, that acting in that scene was so realistic. And yeah. they just, it was so good. But to go back to Sydney, we need to. We're, we're, we got to wrap we, up yeah. here. <laughs> uh, I will say, like, I, her, because there's this thing in television and movies and stuff, right? Where people don't, can't say exactly what they're thinking because then that re- removes the tension and the drama of it all. And there was a lot where it's just like, I'm watching, I'm like, Sydney, just, just say something. Just, just say it. Like, just say what you're thinking. Cause like, there's that passive aggressive, like fine, whatever, like that she kept doing a yeah. lot. And it, you knew it was either going to blow up or something, but it doesn't blow up. It just is like her having that heart to heart with him under the table. Like I need you. And, but I think out of that, now we get, she said it, right? So she can't, what is she going to do? Say it again? Yeah, so, for sure. So now, and then you have, which we'll get to him, but like Carmi's breakdown at the end where, you know, I, and he he knows there's a choice to be made or he's not recognizing, I don't know, well, I'll save that for the end, but long story short is I think her storyline's super interesting to me. It's very vulnerable. And I think even the setting of like her walking around freezing cold, just like, you know, dreary Chicago place yeah. to place by herself. It, it adds to that atmosphere of just being lonely and all by herself. And like, she's sitting there telling eating. people she's got a partner. Yeah. And the whole, every chef is like, yeah, oh, I got you, screwed by my partner. Yeah, you need to trust his partner and he's not there. Yeah. And there's definitely that feeling of like, Oh, she's, she's realizing. Yeah. He is not pulling his weight here. Yeah. Like yeah. 100%. And not treating her like a partner. Absolutely. Yeah. And that scene where she's like, why didn't you call me when they just knocked yeah. the wall down? Yep. And he's kind of being a dick to her, but it's like, yeah. I mean, again, she does it back to him. Though. She does it back to him. Yeah. And there is a lot of personal growth between them and between yeah. their relationship. And I think they've garnered a lot of respect for each other. Yeah. Um, but I mean, to, to wrap Sydney in a bow. Yeah. The way that she just handled her shit in that yeah. final episode, yeah, when uh, to 
jump ahead a little spoiler alert here. Carmi's locked in the walk-in. Yeah. He can't help anyone. The yep. line is getting its ass kicked. Yeah. The meth head went outside and did some <laughs> meth and never came back. So now yeah. he's fired. And um, between her and Richie yeah. and Sugar coming in the back to help and like everybody coming in the back to help yep. and making Fack run the front of house by himself. I, yeah. It's a really beautiful uh not end for Sydney, yeah. but to just see her come into her own, become the Carmi that she wanted to be. But wait, I, I'm going to dispute this a little bit. Go ahead. Is because I think one of the takeaways I had was she starts staring at the printer, right? And the printer's just spitting out tickets again. Call back to that upper set of review from the first season. And they need someone to lead. They need someone to be in charge. And she is not it. She can't do it. She yes, can't do that's it. Very and true. so she, yeah. she relegates herself a little bit. Actually, well, sort of between like, the back and forth between like her and Tina too, but like essentially relegates herself back to the line. And so she almost like demotes herself a little bit. But it's I, comfortable there. Right, exactly. I do that all the time. Yeah. yeah. And so I think that's that was my biggest takeaway too of like all season we're watching her try to grow some confidence in herself. You can see her battling with her lack of confidence. She needs Carmi's attention and 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 validation. She's not getting it. And then when it's her time to shine and things start falling apart. And her and Marcus have that. They go oh, with yeah. each other and- but there is a moment where I'm like, okay, and something I have noticed about her, and I think yeah. they'll probably capitalize it more in the next season, is she she can't do it alone. She needs people around her. Yeah. Where Carmi acts like he can do it alone. Yeah. And the only person he says he needs is to Sydney. Yeah. But he acts like he can do it alone. I can do every station. Yeah. I can do this. I can do that. Where she has kind of realized like, oh, I can't. Like, yeah. I'm not in a position where I can't. I need Richie to run Expo. Yeah. I need Sugar back here. I need yeah. Tina to to pull these stations. Yeah. So um, that's fair. Completely agree with what you said. And I, yeah. I hope that we get more of that in season three. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think I think if anything, I really, the one thing I hope the, the showrunners and everyone learned from this was... You know, season one was like, it was the Carmi show and it yeah. was all these like little side characters. And then season two, we got all these beautiful storylines and like tying together their stories and, and, you know, again, overcoming fear. It was, everyone was overcoming fear and agreed. And I think that was the part that I was like, wow, this season was great. So to the showrunner uh, and the, and the writers, um, when they eventually get back around to it, um, I absolutely I think I think this season was great for that now do we talk about Carmi and Richie or do we talk about sugar we gotta talk about we sugar. gotta talk about sugar but I really want to talk about the fishes episode I do too and, okay and, I, I, yeah. we're running out of time <laughs> so and I will say this by the way too <laughs> I'm gonna add one thing okay uh, and not to not to say who we should talk about first, but I will say, for me, I was more engulfed by Richie's storyline than I was Carmi's. Agreed. I think that was honestly the point of this season. You think and so? Okay. I think so, and I also think that um, we can talk about Claire a little bit when we talk about Carmi. Yeah. But what a divisive character. Yeah. I have seen people really? hate her, hate her with like every breath of their being, oh, saying like, yeah. why did they... She's awful, blah, 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 where I felt the complete opposite. I yeah. thought she was exactly the type of person you needed in that situation. To well, you, I, I feel like you probably identify. She was like a, 
bookworm nerd back in high school and then... Well, I wasn't really a bookworm nerd in high school. Yes, I was a nerd in the sense that I was in all the advanced classes. Yeah. But I was partying my face off on okay, the weekends. Okay, all right, fair enough. Yeah, I had okay. a boyfriend who was much older than me in a yeah. band. Like, I was doing <laughs> things I should not have been doing. And um, she, you know, to talk about sugar... And I think we can talk about sugar and that fishes episode yeah. all together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, if you haven't seen it, the fishes episode essentially Carmi's back home. It's a flashback. Yeah, um, five years. I, I kept hearing like differing opinions I, on. I, I don't even know, it but it says it right up front. I'm going to look it up okay. while, while we're talking. But go so ahead. Carmi's back home, and um, it is Christmas Eve. Yeah. Which, if you are Italian, Christmas Eve, seven fishes dinner. It's a big. Big, big undertaking. Yeah. Tom does it every yep. year. Yep. Um, my family, not big into it. Yeah. We're not seafood eaters. <laughs> my mom wishes we were, but we're not. My stepfather is the pickiest eater on the face of the planet. Also a uh, very Italian man. Yeah. So it was not a huge thing. I will say that I felt more anxiety in this episode yeah. than I did in the review restaurant episode. Okay. And I thought I couldn't possibly feel more anxiety than I did in that episode. Yeah. This one hit me at a level that I'm now trying to get another therapist. I'm not even kidding you. It was so... Did it unlock some things? Is that it? It did. And there is just... Uh, so Jamie Lee Curtis, who plays the mom, yeah, um, saw the show and said that she when they mentioned the mom in the first season that she needed to play that character. Really? I didn't know she, that. She's, she loved it so much and she said when they described that mom, she's like, I'm going to beg for this job. I need to play this character. Wow. I need to play the mom. And Sugar, we're going to talk about her, uh, loves her mom with yeah. every fiber of her being and her mom just yeah. shits on her so hard and Sugar is so worried about her mom and keeps saying, mom, are you all right? Yeah. And when she asks oh. that question, it triggers the psychosis in her mother who is very mentally unwell. Yeah. And you can see that in Sugar's personality. She is the mom. And in this yeah. season, everyone's like that scene with Richie and, and uh, Fack when he's like, you call yeah. mom, you're going to call mom. I'm yeah. Call mom. I'm calling mom right yeah. now. <laughs> Sugar is the mom and she's taken on that mom role for everybody. Yeah. I identify with Sugar so hard. Yeah. And it's so I love hard Sugar for me so to much. Watch, but she, her character development, and she's pregnant and she's terrified. Yeah. She's terrified that she's going to bring that child into a world the way she grew up. Yeah. And you see that in that conversation she has with Carmi when she tells him that she's pregnant. And she's like, yeah. don't think I'm not excited because I'm so excited, but I am scared. I'm yeah. fucking terrified. Yeah. And, then we see this episode yeah. and we see why. And her husband, what's his, the character's name? Uh, Josh, is it? I am double checking. No, but. it's, um, oh, shit. Uh, Pete? Pete. Pete is got to me. Yeah. The most beautifully heartbreaking scene of the whole show. At, oh my God. When he yes. sees the mom yeah. outside the restaurant. So I do want to talk about that. Yeah. That is such a, what a beautiful, kind man who yeah. loves her so much. Yeah. That, oh my God. He's such a, what a, I love about him. I love about Pete in general is that, well, to be clear, what I love about that arc for Pete's character, which doesn't even seem like an arc, but we just watch him get beat shit on all, all every every all day, yeah, every day, every interaction with the with with uh, her brothers with or Carmi, the family. With everyone. They treat him like shit, like garbage, and all he does is like like a puppy run back to them, and then here he is, and, and again he is like this little soft little doughy guy. And then he sees the mom and he tries to convince her to come in and, and all that. And I'll let you touch on that if you want to. But just his his reaction to it of like, you know, 
it finally hits this man. Nothing has made this man cry or wane away from his nope. just goody two shoes, just happy go lucky kind of vibe. And then this just like just destroys him. But yeah. That scene is heartbreaking. And yeah. I truly like it hurt my heart for him, for that character. Yeah. I think he did it so perfectly. And to go back to Sugar and the Seven Fishes scene, um, I don't know about you, but what triggered me the most is you've got Jamie Lee Curtis, who is batshit crazy, drunk yeah. off her ass, yeah. cooking this huge dinner, saying, I'm cooking all these beautiful things, and they don't even care about me. They don't even love me. You can see you can see the the depression that she's dealing with yeah. is clearly hereditary, and that's where Mikey's gotten his oh, man. unwell mental health. But yeah. she's drinking the wine, and she's got the raw beef from the meatballs on her hands <laughs> and she's got it all over the wine glass Yeah, and she's putting it down and there's sauce on the microwave and oh, she's yeah. yelling and everybody takes turns going into the kitchen to see if they can help. And I read that in this scene, it's, it's, they said it's one of their favorite scenes they've ever shot because yeah. everybody was lined up in the hallway ah. waiting for their time to go yeah. into the kitchen. And there's like a chaos but you also see the way that she interacts with everyone and how the family kind of interacts. Yeah. And for anyone that's a friend with me of me, that's been to a holiday at my mm -hmm. house, uh, there is a chaos in my mother's kitchen. You yeah. don't go in the fucking kitchen, but also you're not helping. And then she's pissed that no one's helping her, yeah. but she doesn't want anyone in the kitchen because they fuck with shit and they ruin all of her cooking. And it's just like, it's just the weirdest pull. And you know, there's no one on the earth that you can tell me is better than my mother. Like yeah. not a single human. And uh, so not really attributing her to Jamie Lee Curtis's character, but there is a moment where she's, you can see her losing it. And she's like, Carmi, remind me in two minutes to, to set the timer and yeah. take the, you've got to take this out and you've got to put the fish in and you got to, you yeah. know, the Branzino has got to go in, but you yeah. got to get this. And I wanted to cook at this. And like, and everyone's trying so hard to placate her Yep. and sugar comes in and she's fine with everybody. Yeah. She's like, get out of my fucking kitchen, you know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But Sugar comes in and she's like, Mom, what can I do to help? And she's yeah. so fucking mean to that yeah. girl. Yeah. Can I, I just say there's there's a there's a point. First of all, I already admitted I had a crush on Abby Elliott yes. on our other episode, yeah. right? Just uh, oh, just something. But I – and I loved her on the show in general. I There was this like newfound respect I had for her as an actress in this episode because she just dawns – again, I love when actors can – do something nonverbal to like just display. Oh, her eyes and convey something. Yes, her whole. <sighs> oh her, my god! Just her face and her eyes just drop in like this. She's hurt and she's like being beaten emotionally and verbally, but like she's gonna sit there and take it because she loves her mom. You've never seen a, like a visual cue of I'm being abused, but I love you in a facial expression. It, and oh my god, there, you know to. I feel like we could have 15 episodes about yeah. the show at this point, but there's a moment in the beginning of this episode where they're all outside and uh, Mikey and Carmi say to sugar, just yeah. don't ask her how she's doing. Yeah. You know, it fucking drives her insane. Like yeah. don't do it sugar. She's like, I know, I know, but she can't help it. Cause she yeah. just, she just wants to know that her mom's okay. Yeah. And they're sitting at the table and now some shit's gone down, right? Yeah. So let's. This is a good segue oh, into man. the people that are guest starring on this episode. Yeah, John Mulaney. <laughs> First off, my here's Sarah Paulson, yeah. Bob Odenkirk. Like I was gonna say, I knew. So I remember reading, and I think I shared with you, 
like a deadline article yes. or something of like Bob Odenkirk was going to guest in the season. I was like, oh, love Bob Odenkirk. Excited essentially, it's Uncle Lee, who yeah. I couldn't put it together at first, but is essentially their stepdad. But not really. Like, not by marriage, not okay. by any connection. Because you can tell the kids are pissed off yeah. that he's had any relationship with the mom. They have no right. respect for the man. Yeah. And he's had enough of Mikey shit. Yeah. You know, like the mom's given him all this money to yeah. help get him out of the hole, which is probably his money. They yeah. probably, you know, he lives in the house yeah. because they're like, this is our father's fucking house. So he gets yeah. into this argument about a fork. Yeah. Mikey throws a fork at him. Yeah. And there's, there's like all the hijinks of like an Italian crazy yeah. family holiday where some people are smoking weed. It's Sarah Paulson smoking yep. weed with Thack and the brother. And yeah. John Mulaney is just like, fucking loves it like just like loves he's sarah paulson's husband and yeah. they live in new york city and just yeah. like absolutely loves the fact that he yeah. gets invited to this and he does this beautiful speech at the table to try and yeah. break the tension that's created between mikey and, and yeah well wait Bob Odenkirk. that's it that's a skip over it when fac is running around trying to get people to invest in their 500 when he goes i'm gonna give you 500 because i just I, I wish i could do a john mulaney voice but he's like just because i'm happy to be involved with whatever yes, you guys just, do oh god i think he played that that person perfectly yeah. <laughs> and i love in the speech he says like and i'm not gay like yeah. everyone here because, seems to and think it, i which am which is even funnier too because the whole episode everyone's like sort of quietly like joking behind his back about the fact they they like secretly yeah. think he's gay and the fact that he's like i'm very aware of what you say about me <laughs> out loud so it's like he's in on the joke almost then, yeah. and I'm like all right this is, and for what it's worth i i funny enough um which is a little bit like concerning to me because it's it's like a love hate in general of like I love Bob Odenkirk, but that character uh, very much reminded me of my father, which I do not have a good relationship with. And so, like, just watching that and, like, just this guy who – Michael's being Michael and all, but, like, this guy decides that he's got to push his buttons and, like, just had enough of his crap of, like, telling stories, which is Mike's Michael's comfort zone yes. of what he enjoys doing. Yes. And then they just get into it and it's, it's just, you know – Two alphas digging their heels in, and Michael's all yoked up on whatever fucking drug yeah. he's on. Oh, absolutely! It's it's a wild scene, and yeah. then. But by the way, to be clear, what I love about that also, because again, and this might be going uh, too far into things, but the fact that it's never explicitly like there's no scene of Michael going off and doing something. You just know he is. You well, and it's funny because growing up, I would see that and be like, I have, I, that's just who he is. Right. Like that's just who that person is. I didn't know that my father was high yeah. every single day of his life until I was like 20 something years old. Exactly. But that's what I'm saying. Like with the people who are like r raged out on some kind of drugs. And it's like, and I love that juxtaposition because like comparing this to review where you're in the kitchen, that's a stressful environment. That's expected. This is Christmas Eve at oh, home. God. And then to add to that too, but just so you know, I had a, my wife was off reading her book, which the side note, that's all your fault. But like you, you guys are gotten into getting into all these books, but my, my wife was off reading a book and I'm watching the episode and she hasn't been watching the bear with me. And then there's the scene when the stuffed artichoke drops on the floor. <sighs> I paused it and said, you have to come watch this. This is literally my family. Like this is literally Christmas Eve. Yes. Because uh, it's insane beyond that too. Cause I, and I think I said this to you before is like, there's like certain dishes that my family cooks for like Christmas Eve dinner or just like, you know, Sundays growing Same. up, especially that I'm like, I've never seen depicted on television. Same. I've never seen 
a stuffed artichoke. I'm sure a lot of people are like, what the hell is that? What is that thing? There's an artichoke, but what's, what's uh, all the over it? The breadcrumbs fall off. Oh, absolutely. Oh, so sad. And like just that, I'm like, I've seen that happen. Like I've literally been like playing on the floor and like the stuffed artichoke hits the floor. So uh, way too close to home. And I pause. I'm like, you gotta come watch this. This is, and then I'm glad she did because it was like this nice isolated episode that tells you a lot about all these characters in general. And yeah, you start learning like, and again, I love, that's what I love about the show in general is it doesn't spoon feed you like, oh, we're going to tell you that the, like, did you, how, how far did it take us to learn that Richie isn't his actual cousin? Yeah. The right? whole cousin thing yeah. in Chicago apparently is just, maybe you live near me. <laughs> like, I have <laughs> no that. idea. Yeah. But also this, this episode, um, when Jamie Lee Curtis, so you've got that, that moment, right? Where he doesn't throw the fork and Bob yeah. Odenkirk's like, throw the fucking fork. Yeah. And I'm going to fucking rock yeah. you. And then John Mulaney does his little speech. Everything's kind of <laughs> calm now. And Jamie Lee Curtis is sitting there. And then Sugar has to go and Mom, say, are you okay? Mom, are you okay? And by the way, just so you know, I, I don't know about you. I get that because I'm, I'm like that. And just with everyone around me too, where I'm, and again, I feel like, especially watching Sugar, I don't know if, I don't know if it's for me. I'm not ready to reflect that way yet. But I feel like to your, I think you said it before. Sugar is looking for her mom to be like, yeah, honey, I'm fine. So like, Sugar can relax. Right. So her, she can know she's right. okay. Her mom's yes. anxiety and 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 psychosis is getting to her. So she's asking the question not for her mom. She's asking for herself to then be like, okay, I, I don't have to worry about my mom now. So subconsciously, yes. I'm sobbing at this point yeah. watching this episode. Okay, <laughs> and I'm like so physically uncomfortable because it, a thousand holidays are going through my head. Yeah, <laughs> where this is me at the table, and Jamie Lee Curtis loses her shit, gets up. Leaves. So yeah. they, you think she leaves. Yeah. You think she goes into another room. Mikey is now also lost his shit, throws the fork at Bob Odenkirk. Yeah. Improvised the table flip, by the way. Really? So it was improvisation. Okay. He thought the table looked perfect and he thought, like, yeah. I should just fuck this up as well. Yeah. And then Jamie Lee Curtis drives the car into the house, yeah. inside of the house. Yeah. And it's kind of just full stop. Yeah. Right. And so. And what does Carmi start staring at? Well, the fucking cannolis. Yeah. <laughs> the cannolis are sitting there, which brings you to the dessert menu. Yeah. And, you know, we could t- touch on Marcus and stuff. I don't feel like we're going to get through everything no, we want to yeah. get through. But um, that episode to me was so, that episode alone yeah. was insanity. And I think they've done everything they needed to do to to grab that anxiety that they found in season one and give it to you in season two. Yeah. Because a lot of people said season two was boring. And Who made, said that? <laughs> I've heard a lot of people be like, oh, season two was so boring, especially a lot of comments on videos I watched and yeah. stuff. And they just didn't get it. It's, no. a, it's a completely different type of anxiety this, yes. uh, this season. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and I think that should lead us into, we can touch on Carmi and his relationship with Claire. Oh, no, we didn't. We, have, we still have to touch on Forks. Oh, God. I, I we're... We're gonna have to do a part two, I think. No, no, we we can get through this. But I, okay. I, I'll, I'll, by the way, to, to be clear, fishes is episode six. Forks is episode seven. Yes. And then the other thing I, I just want to like lastly just to wrap up fishes is, um, I did notice, and, and this is not something like a lot of shows would just be like show you that and be like, all right, now when we do this thing, now you understand. And they don't do that because there's a scene where Carmi is explaining. He's explaining why he wants to recover this thing. And there, oh, there's this thing with my mom, and he explains yeah. it a little bit. He explains it to Claire. About, you know, what happened and everything. And then we also like, there's the entire anxiety about Claire that's sort of revealed 
in fishes about like the, they're like oh yeah we told her about you like she's she took off the glasses you know like yeah she's hot now yeah she's it, hot it now it plants the Claire seed and you yeah. get to see why Claire means so much to Carmi yeah and then and then we didn't even get to to even like again because there's way too many people involved in it but we didn't even get to touch on uh, Richie in that well I guess I could do it in a second but um uh, his now ex wife they were married right is that they were married yeah. they were married yeah uh, who, uh, Jillian Jillian Jake uh, 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 Jacobs? Jacobs, yeah. Is incredible. Uh, in that amazing. Role. I love her. And that little girl that they cast as their daughter mm-hmm. looks like she could be Jillian Jacobs' kid. Yeah. Which, to all right, to segue there now, too. So I will say, um, again, InSync was doing an episode on the bear. And all I knew was that it was about the bear and it was about the needle drop of the song Love Story by Taylor Swift. And I forget which episode it is. It's early in the season where uh, Richie is dropping his daughter off. I fucking love it so much. And he goes, "Um, I'm sorry, honey. I just, I don't, I don't hate Taylor Swift. I just, I just needed a break or whatever he says. Something like that. Which again, learning from NSYNC was improvised. Yeah. And he says, I love you, honey. And he's like, and I love Taylor Swift. I just needed a break. Yeah. Which is my brother-in-law right now because my (laughs) niece has discovered Taylor Swift because of my sister. Yeah. Who is not her mom, her aunt. And, um, my uh, brother-in-law and sister are, are like hardcore music fans. Yeah. So it's been very hard for him to deal with it. And so now my niece, every time she's like, it's okay that daddy doesn't like Taylor Swift. Yeah. <laughs> and that scene, I was like, oh, this is my brother-in-law. Yeah. But then he ends up getting her the Taylor Swift tickets. Well, that was the thing. That was the thing that struck me is like, first off, hearing that that was an improvised line. Incredible. Uh, was great because had they not said that, there was no, like it almost like created this little thread of why that, the needle drop itself, the um, act of like trying to get his daughter tickets, which by the way, in real life for Richie would have been extremely impossible. Impossible. Right. Sorry. Impossible yeah. for me who sat on Ticketmaster for hours. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah. So like just adding that in there early on, like there is this little connection with his daughter and, and, you know, being a Taylor Swift fan. Um, so then we flash forward to Forks, which the entire premise of that, if you're this far, you don't, I don't need to explain it, but is Richie is sent to stage at this restaurant who, by the way, uh, we actually don't ever know the name of that restaurant. It's never, they never actually no, say it No, but I do, um, I did look at the, the name of what it was based off of and mm-hmm. I don't remember what it is. Okay. But it is based off of a Michelin star restaurant. Yeah. And, and Olivia Coleman, what a oh, fucking I love, I love come that. Out of come nowhere, out of, out of nowhere. left field, just turns a corner. She was Olivia there for Coleman. one day, and they didn't know that it was going to be her until That's they awesome. received the script, which is so fucking even better. Good. Yeah. So, uh, I love the story arc of Richie. So, just to try to synopsis it, because we're running, we're running out of time. Is he gets sent there by Carmi? He thinks it's like a, you know, like a not a demotion, but like a, you know, forcing him to, trying do to get rid of him. Yeah. Get, get rid, out of get the out, way. Get out of yeah. our hair. We're trying to do something. Um, which is funny to me because who did he send to, um, uh, the, the pastry Marcus. chef? Marcus. And Will Poulter has the hottest cameo of ever. Okay. Two things about that. <gasps> one, baby, one, um, you, you hear it later as Carmi explains what he did when he went on the exact same trip. Right. Because he's like, oh, I fed an invisible cat. Right. So he sent Marcus on the exact same thing he went through. And second, and I saw and I can't take credit. I saw someone else say this is when uh, Will Poulter is talking about, oh, he works. It's, about Carmi. it's Carmi. And when Carmi talks about in season one, yes. the chef that he works with that figured out the perfect consistency yeah. to have the gelée like a gummy bear. Yeah. 
It's him. Well, he says he says something like that again, where he talks about how he went into this and was working with this guy, and they were like, you know, comp- like competing or whatever. And he, from Carmi's perspective, it's very different. This yes. guy threw the white flag in, said, "We're gonna be, we'll be friends. I want to learn from you now." But Carmi was like, "That was the moment I knew how great I was. That was the moment. That's how I knew. Yeah. And I'm great because of I don't have any of this other stuff in my life. I don't have love yeah. and everything else. We'll get to Carmi, but." The story arc of watching Richie go through this, and and I think the thing too is not just like this, like you know, you ha- first off the season starts off and he's in the basement, and he's looking at all this old the beef stuff, and and he admits it, and he's very, again, almost to a uh, to a point of being unbelievable how these you know straight off the streets of of Chicago guys can be like openly vulnerable to each other. He's just like, I don't know my place. I don't know who- I have no purpose. I have no purpose. Yeah. You know, for him, working in this, you know, slinging like deli, beef shop, doing that, super easy. He knows that life. And I and and I think once you watch, because I've known guys like that. I, I've, I'm friends with guys like that. I've grown up with family like that. And so then to see him realize I can connect that same love- to this in a in and care and give a shit and like even when he's going through his own apartment and cleaning up things and, oh, and God, caring I love that scene yeah um to me like that i and then when he's anyway we all we get through this where he finally learns to accept he drinks the kool-aid he understands what it's all about he understands this love of serving people to go back to i think how we just started this episode um and then there's that moment when he's driving in the car listening screaming, to, screaming Taylor, to Swift. Taylor Swift um I was crying my eyes out it was so beautiful and he there the moment <clears throat> that he gets the pattern and he yeah. sees what's happening yeah. and he notices that someone mentioned the whole deep dish pizza and he yeah. watches a Michelin star chef yeah take deep dish pizza mm-hmm. and turn it into a surprise for them and he yeah. gets to go deliver that surprise yeah it is like God, that is the best feeling in the entire world. Yeah. Like I can live off of that. Yeah. I've been in that situation yeah. and I can live off of that five minutes yep. for a fucking year. Well, I was gonna I was gonna ask to get you me too, through. Because I mean I can always I growing up and and through my life, I can understand back of house, right? I I can understand that. I can get that through my brain. Front of house I can't. And and albeit, I know you didn't work in like a Michelin star restaurant, but is that the drive? Like is that front drive? of house is where I think I shown. Yeah. That's what I mean. Personally, yes. Yeah. And I think um, I loved Back of House as well because I got to see, you get to see the wheels of the bus. You yeah. know what I mean? You get to see literally where the sausage is. Yeah. But front of house, there is a, where I, I, I get it that a lot of people aren't this way, but yeah. there is a, an obsession. Yeah. If you will. Yeah. To, to that moment. Yeah. And it is, like nothing I've ever felt yeah. in my life. Like yeah. maybe, you know, the day my fiance asked me to marry him, <laughs> the day as my nieces and nephew were born, that's yeah. it. Yeah. That have I felt that moment, but it is like, they depicted it so well. Yeah. Because when he is dropping off that deep dish pizza and it's, is it, yes, people are going to talk about that for years. Like yeah. those people are going to talk about that moment yep. for years. Yeah. But you, are facilitating yeah. that minute, that surprise, yeah. that sense of hospitality, that feeling. Yeah. It is 
incredible. And the fact yep. that they showed it so perfectly. I know. And Richie comes back in that kitchen and he is so fucking hyped yeah. off of that one tiny thing. And if yeah. you were to tell that to someone not in the restaurant industry, yeah. like, yeah, we had these people come in. They never had deep dish. So we yeah. went and got deep dish and we surprised them. And they'd be like, wow, that's really cool. Oh, yeah. I, I, for, that's for it. what it's worth. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> I watching that episode. It's not for him. But like, I've been like, I want to show that to my kid. I want to show that to my kid about like that finding a purpose and like caring enough about something and finding like, what is it that makes you happy? And for Richie, I think the thread is he likes making people happy. He likes entertaining and same Richie. And, yeah. <laughs> same. And so watching that, there was like, you know, things connect to him of I, I'm here to make people happy. I'm here to have them like have this amazing experience and, and see it through. And then uh, to help wrap it up, like in the fu final episode, when we see him jump in the kitchen, he's like, Hey, like, let me help. And he's confident. And he's, and I love where he's like walking around. Like, I wear suits now. Oh, that's the best line. I wear, I wear suits, suits now. now. But also he's done that moment, right? He's yeah. had his big wig moment. Yep. He puts on the chef coat again, goes yep. back to polishing yep. forks. Yeah. And then he has a conversation with Olivia Coleman, who is yeah. the Michelin star chef. Yep. Who talks about her failure. Who yep. talks, they, they bond over the fact that they're both army brats. Their dads yep. traveled. Their dads were both pieces of shit. Yeah. Abusive. And they found love for taking care of other people. Yeah. And, um, God, it like literally yeah. made me realize like, it's, oh, it's, that was, that episode was just. You're rooting, I mean, in the last episode too. You're rooting too, for him you're rooting so for hard. Him. And then that brings yeah. us to Carmi. Yeah. And I will just say the scene where Carmi is in the fridge, he is just out loud. He thinks he's talking to Sydney. Yeah. And he's talking about why he can't be with Claire because yeah. he's fallen in love with this girl so hard. He loves her so much, yeah. but he doesn't think that he can do both. Yeah. And when he tells when he tells Sydney Well, he's thinking he's, he thinks he's talking to Tina he, at that point. Oh, Tina. Okay, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when, uh, that's right, she's Tina. She's on the alley throwing yeah. up. Yeah. <laughs> but when he thinks that um when Sydney says that she wants a star, he says you're going to have to care about everything. Yeah. More than you care about anything. Yeah. And he doesn't do that. Yeah. He falls in love with Claire. Yeah. Spends time with her. Now the walk-in door is broken. He was supposed to call and get it fixed. And you kind yeah. of see him crumble. That's his moment. His rock bottom is he's in that fridge. He's losing his ever-loving shit. And Richie and him are arguing because he's just broken up with Claire. Yeah. Unbeknownst to him. It's yeah. not Tina on the other side yeah, of the yeah. door. It's Claire who went back to see him. Yeah. And he's saying why he can't be with her. Yeah. And she says, I'm sorry you feel that way. She walks out crying. Yeah. Richie walks in. Which but I love how I love how protective of Claire, Claire, Richie, Richie is. is. He's like, what and did you say to that? That to that poor sweet girl. girl. Yeah. And um, the actor that plays Richie actually yeah. says he wasn't sure how he was going to do that scene. He didn't yeah. know if he could get there. But the actress that plays Claire walked out and he said he just looked at her face. Yeah. And her heartbreak. She did it so well that yeah. he was able to then like act that scene. Get yeah, from that. And you your respect for Richie in that moment. Yeah. And he's calling him. He's calling Carmi Donna, which is his mother's name, because he's losing his fucking I mind. Never, that's, I didn't get that. Oh, yes. my God. When yeah. he's like, okay, Donna. Okay, Donna. Yeah. That's the mom's name. Yeah. Because now he's losing. He's having Carmi's, a breakdown. Carmi's having yeah. a breakdown. A yeah. Michael level breakdown. Yeah. And so that mental health thing has snapped. Yeah. And he's, Richie's poking, you know, yeah. literally poking the bear, literally poking yeah. the bear. <laughs> and he gets him to snap. And yeah. I don't know. Like, I don't know. I'm very interested to see how Carmi comes back from that, yeah. you know, like, cause you do see Carmi 
crumble yeah. in there. He's sitting in there. And when he says, I hope you fucking freeze to death. Yeah. Everyone has just gone on with their shift and kind of been like, let him be in there. And you, you hear him yeah. losing it and you hear people on the line. They're like, Jesus Christ, yeah. dude, like yeah. chill the fuck out. Yeah. And meanwhile, and this is so true to restaurants, <laughs> the front of house, beautiful. Everybody's yeah. having the time of their lives. <laughs> They're delivering the chocolate covered banana yeah. to the uncle who's now he now sees in that moment, I get what you're trying to fucking do here. Yeah. I see what you're doing. I well, see that not level just of that. hospitality. Don't, like that was Richie's, like, you know, again, the, the the deep dish pizza thing was he did at someone else's restaurant. Yes. The, and you know where it came from, right? Because we get that little We get the tidbit, snippet. Yeah. Right. And so he, where he was around for that conversation. Yeah. And so to see it come full circle where Richie gets to execute what he learned. And the uncle's tearing up. Yeah. He's so emotionally moved by yeah. it. Yeah. And he gets it. And I- I know we should know the uncle's name. Oh my but- god! Yeah. Well, what's really funny to me is every like every time every episode he popped up in. That's Oliver Platt, by the way, which is Jimmy, uh, Uncle Jimmy, uh, or the, also which is even funnier too. Everyone has like simpler names, like little like Car- Carmen is Carmi, Richard is Richie, and then Jimmy is Cicero, which I never I, I don't understand. I'm like, what, <laughs> I don't what, know. Anyway, but um, what I was gonna say about him too is like uh, he knocked it out of the park. Um, he has been in, in more than half of the episodes, I would assume. Yes. Because of SAG after like requirements and like what his pay rates and everything would have been. That's probably why he stayed on as like just like a guest star for all these recurring appearances. But I mean, season three, I mean, uh, get the find the money, uh, pay Oliver Platt, get him on as a full time. Uh, he did great. He was he's so great. good this season. And I, what, the one thing I, I didn't get, and I don't know if it is the beef or it's something else, but there's the point in the in fishes where um Richie is begging him for a job. He's just like, let me learn, let me te- like teach me, whatever. No, that's like KPL. Remember when season one, Carmi sees the the piece of paper and yeah. Mikey's written like K B or K B L. Okay. And he's like in season two, you hear Carmi ask him, what the fuck's KBL? K is his last name. B is Berzato. L is for Lee, the Uncle Lee. Okay. The three of them. And I think it is a, that is not legal money. Oh, what okay. Richie is asking to be brought into is that mafia mob oh, situation. Okay. I can do it, you know, blah, blah, blah. Okay. And so I think that he's asking to be let into that side of things. Got it. Let me be the because we know he's loaded from the first season. Yeah. When they fucking accidentally crush up Viking and into the kids lemonade and they all take a nap <laughs> and he's like, I fucking like it. Nicely yeah, done. You yeah. know, it's so funny. Yeah. But um, to to wrap up Richie on and Carmi in this side of it, uh, that chaos going on in the yeah. back, like absolute shit show. Yeah. And instead of someone being obsessed with getting Carmi out of there, and this yeah. is almost a testament to how well he's gotten everyone to this point. Yeah. They're like, at the expense of you, yeah. we need to deliver right. this this great service. Right. You don't come front. first. Sorry, you don't yeah, come first service anymore. Service comes first. Yeah. And I think Carmi knows that, but also he thinks that the reason that he's in locked in that fridge is because mm-hmm. of Claire. Instead of yeah. him admitting the fact that like, he has to learn to do both. You can do both. Yeah. It can happen. Yeah. But no one else in the show is doing both. Nobody yeah. has a significant other. Yeah. Not a single person. Yeah, as I was going to say, yeah. They've all given up that aspect of their life to make this 100%. And yeah. he's like, why the fuck did I think I could do that? Yeah. And so, I don't know. I, I feel like it was almost too good to be true, that first episode. Yeah. I think the third season, they're going to get a star and maybe lose it. Yeah. Like right away. 
they're going to get comfortable with the star and then things are going to fall apart and they're going to yeah. lose that star. Cause Carmi keeps saying, I never got a star. I just retained it. I never got the star. I retained yeah. it. So I have a feeling that's what's going to happen. Um, do you have a, a guess? I don't think that, I don't think it's going to work. Okay. And I think they're going to, you know, I think things are going to fall apart before they come back together again. I think it has to, because, you know, I think to the point of all the other restaurants we saw closed and stuff. And, and you said like, uh, uncle Jimmy, he gets it at the end. Right. But all of that said, there's a lot of great restaurants. They're all closing down. Like yeah, the environment's not true. there for it. And so I think what's going to happen is it's going to be like, yeah, this place is great. We, we can't sustain because the, the people aren't there and the, and you know, we're just, we, we can't survive right. like that. And it's going to be a hard fall, but at the same time, you know, there's going to, there's got to be, there's got to be a return to something. And maybe it is a balance of, you know, I, that was a bald Eagle <laughs> that just flew over and made that squawking noise. <laughs> Jeez. America. America. We are on the Delaware river. But. Um, but I will say, I, I think they're going to falter first. I think they have to, I think we'll probably see a little bit of struggle because again, everyone is invested in it, you know, either emotionally, physically, uh, monetarily, right? Well, yeah. And then sugar's going to have the baby. So yep. she's not going to be there as much. Yeah. And I will say something that I noticed watching season two that, um, now you've made me hyper aware of these things cause I never paid attention <laughs> before. But one thing that I will say that makes you uncomfortable and is a testament to the acting and the writing the very long pauses. Yeah. Being comfortable in that silence. Yeah. And the long stares at each other. Yeah. There's so many of them. And I didn't really realize that that's what physically made me uncomfortable. Yeah. Like I'm not comfortable in silence. I wish yeah. I was, I work on being a person yeah. comfortable in silence, but I'm not. Yeah. And, uh, just, I feel like that acting is what's made people like, yes, the writing's great. Yeah. All that kind of stuff but they put exactly who they needed to yeah. where they needed to, to make this show work. Yeah. And they, they really pulled out some heavy fucking hitters. The only other way I can see season three happening mm -hmm. is we go back in time. Now Carmi uh -huh. is, is not happening, but like to make it a little bit different than what's already happened. Yeah. If they want to keep that, like each season has a different vibe. Yeah. Maybe Carmi's at culinary school or maybe he's back in Copenhagen with, yeah. You know, well, I feel like if they follow the, if they follow the concept, right. If like the, the arc or the, the theme of season two is overcoming fear or fear in general, yeah. like, you know, season three has got to be something along those lines. So you have to figure something. out some emotional yeah. thing to that. They have to, you know, uh, recover from, but I will say too, I think that the part of me that will bank on, they're it's gonna falter it's the bear is not going to work is when uh cousin jimmy or uncle jimmy is giving him the whole speech about the cubs yes and he, he's essentially saying you know no one remembers the guy who failed on the field because you know the the, the dude who caught the the ball um let the run come in so like all the all the mess ups and errors from before no one even remembered that and then clearly Carmi doesn't get it. And he, and you can see like, he's not concentrating. He's not, he's barely paying attention to your point about like eye contact. He's not, he's not even looking at him. He's like, yes. he's like, do you get it? He's like, I don't know. Uh, yeah, don't he's going to tell him that story again. And yeah. But I think out of that, it's like, if we, cause that was the final episode, right? So like, I think if you go into season three with the concept, leaving it that little tidbit of like, Carmi doesn't get it. He doesn't get 
like the the knowledge being passed to him about how to succeed and everything. And or the other half of things too could be something out of left field too, because clearly I think the way everything ended is is showcasing um yeah, they don't need you. Yeah. Like that's, yeah. That's th- how I was feeling. Yeah. yeah. And and so I think and I think obviously that I think more than anything else, I think that's what was driving Carmi crazy in the fridge is that he needed to be there to be needed and now they don't need him. And he's hearing them succeed without him. Yes. Yeah. Right, because he's not, he, like, once he finds out that they're succeeding and everything's going great, he's not happy. Yeah. He's still not happy. So him not being there, and again, I think part of that comes from that anxiety where he thinks he saw Joel McHale. Uh, and you it's know, not Joel McHale, it's not Joel some McHale. random yeah. dude. Yeah. But, like, he's carrying that anxiety of, like, he, he needs, he's trying to, just in the way that, uh, you know, uh, Sydney needs his validation. He's seeking some validation to overcome the lack of validation he had from from him, the, yeah. from the chef. Woo. Yeah. All right. Well. So. I fucking loved it. As did I. I'm glad, and it's really funny too because a lot of people I've spoken to, they're like, "Oh, I couldn't get past the first few episodes. Power through it. Do what you have to. Take your time with it." But season two. I feel like it's a lot more bingeable, but even I will say the best episodes were like 50 minutes long. So yeah. they were closer to an hour than a half hour, but way worth it. And between fishes and forks, my top two favorite episodes easily um, and, and all totally worth it. And then, um, and then, yeah, it's, it's all great. Season two has been great. Uh, rare, really great second season from a show that was like, Oh yeah, let's see where this goes. A, a blow up in season. Yeah. One. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. So, all right. Cool. Go watch it if you haven't. And if you haven't, well, then we ruined everything now. So, Sorry. I mean, yeah. So hopefully you like Welcome it Welcome to the podcast. That's what we do. <laughs> cool. All right. All right. Bye. See you next time. Bye. Bye.